0: Welcome disciple makers and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy disciple-making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, which identifies 6 main ministries needed to be a healthy church. The Spark Conference, a total church strengthening event that allows you to access keynotes and breakouts all year long for ongoing training in your ministry area. Access it today at thesparkconference.com. We're also setting up learning communities across Georgia to sharpen, encourage, and resource leaders personally and professionally. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org discipleship. Don't forget, you can find our previous episodes on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and your favorite podcast platform. Now let's join today's broadcast.
1: Thank you for engaging, and if you are new, welcome to our Georgia Baptist Discipleship family. You've picked an excellent episode to listen in as we have Phil Tuttle on with us today from Walk Through the Bible, and the topic of Bible engagement is critical as we see uh, try to figure out new ways to make disciples and create disciple-making churches, and I trust that today's discussion will help to carbonate your local church ability to make world-impacting disciples. Now, Phil is the president and CEO of Walk Through the Bible, and he's been there for over three decades. He's a native of Normal, Illinois, and, and Phil, in just a little bit, I want to hear more about what <laughs> it's like to grow up in, in Normal, Illinois. So that's fun. But real Phil received his bachelor of arts degree in uh, from Wheaton College, a master's degree from Dallas Theological Seminary. He's the author of multiple books: Raise Up a Child, Crucible, the Choices That Change Your Life Forever. Detour, finding purpose when you when life doesn't make sense, revolution, how millennials can change the world. And then there's one called Chosen, when God calls your name. And Phil has graciously agreed to give that one to us free as an ebook version. And we will give that to you for all of those who, who are engaging today. You'll be able to get that as well. Phil and his wife Ellen have two children, and probably most importantly, three children. That's right. You got that part right. That's right. Phil, welcome to our Georgia Baptist Discipleship family, man. We really are excited to have you on today.
2: Hey, Scott, it is great to be with you. And um, as as you said, I grew up in Illinois. So, you know, just my wife's from North Carolina. So she thinks we moved down here 30 some (laughs) years ago, just in time to raise proper Southern children. But yeah. I hear more than Georgia in, in your voice. I mean, that's exactly my, right. the way you say Phil has about eight E's in it feel and A-U. walk through the bobble. Um, that's so, right. so yeah, your, your roots are coming through loud and clear.
1: That's it. I am Southern to the bone and grew up in Louisiana. Wow. So that's a, that's a different animal as well. And I've always wanted to go to Illinois, but I've wanted to be there because, I have always dreamed of killing one of those giant Illinois whitetails, for sure. I don't know if you ever had any experiences with that. My son is,
2: even as we speak, is in a tree up in Illinois. He's a Chick-fil-A operator in the west suburbs of Chicago, and uh, he's he's got his eye on one that he's hoping will be on his wall and on his dinner plate soon. So, Man after my
1: own heart. There you go. Listen, I want to remind our audience here that our team has a stack of resources that we want to give away. So make sure that you leave a comment and you'll get entered into a drawing. And if you share the link, you'll get double entry into the drawing. And we will attempt to arrange bonus time with the Apostle Paul serving s'mores around the campfire when you get to heaven. Wow. Share that. So uh, we'll love. I think Walk Through the Bible is going to make sure that that happens when we get to heaven. So if you missed the full discussion, you can listen. And afterwards on YouTube, Instagram, all podcast platforms, or view it on Georgia Baptist Discipleship Facebook group, where it will live until we get censored. Now, Lana Melton is our producer today, and she'll make sure that we get all the links into the chat and the free resource that Phil is offering today. So, Phil, how awesome was it to grow up in Illinois and now to be leading an organization, Walk Through the Bible?
2: Well, you ask about Normal, Illinois, that really is the name of our town. And um, if you've heard this rumor, it is true. Actually, it's happened twice that it it said in the paper, Normal woman marries oblong man. That's a, oh a small town nearby. <laughs> and everybody thought that was hilarious, except the bride and her mom were not too impressed. But yeah. um, it's, a, it's not a tiny community, Bloomington Normal together. It's where State Farm is headquartered. That's why we live there. My dad fought in World War II and then went to school on the GI Bill, and um, State Farm recruited him right out of there. And so um, that's where I spent my childhood. Illinois State University's there, and Bloomington Normal together is about a hundred thousand people. But it is an island in the cornfields, so yes. it's it's uh, you got everything you'd want to do that was is fun without the hassles of a yeah. big city. So it's a pretty great place to grow up.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, let's jump into our discussion today because you know, I've been reading surveys and looking at statistics about Bible engagement and, you know, Robbie Gallaty with Southern Baptist Convention came up with this, you know, massive study and and Bible engagement was one of those key pieces that they identified that was not just a good idea, but it was critical, it was necessary for spiritual growth. So as we think about all that, can you talk to us about what you're seeing, maybe some statistics uh, that you would share, and how Walk Through the Bible is trying to help local church leaders solve that problem.
2: Sure. Well, let's let's get an idea, just kind of of the of the lay of the land. What is the current state of Bible engagement? And you know, I'd just say to everybody who's listening and watching, Google is your friend, but but realize the challenge in our generation is not access to information; it's knowing how to filter through the overwhelming amount. Um, so there's, there's certain names that ought to be your trusted friends Hmm. when you go to get a handle on this. Certainly Lifeway Research has, um, stood the test of time. And, you know, a couple other names to really keep an eye on would be, um, anything that's done through the Pew, uh, research group. Um, Barna is just a trustworthy name. I mean, within the nonprofit world, but, the, the largest for-profit companies have trusted Barna for years. So you know the methodology there is, is totally reliable. And especially Barna and the American Bible Society have done a lot of things together. So now you start to get the benefit of longevity because it's not just, you know, you can read a stat today, you know, what, it, what did it say on, you know, whatever day in January or later you happen to be watching this or we're recording it. You know, you, you can get, it's like a snapshot of a moving object, yes. but the real issue is the trend line. Are things improving? Are they getting worse over time? And especially with American Bible Society and Barna, having those longevity studies where they'll ask some of the same questions over and over and over through the years, that really gives a big picture. Um, but the bottom line is, like everything else, there's good news and there's bad news. I mean, how many how many jokes include? Well, I have good news and bad news. A, <laughs> a few years ago, my appendix burst and um, had to have emergency surgery. And after the surgery, the the surgeon comes in and you know I'm still a little groggy. And I said, "How'd it go?" And he says, "Well, I have good news and bad news." And I'm like, "Give me the bad news." And and he says, "Well, the." The bad news is it had already burst and it was huge, and um, we couldn't do it through the scope. And so you, you have a really big incision, and your bikini wearing days are over. And I'm like, <laughs> well, okay, then what's, what's the good news? He goes, oh, for the rest of the world, Phil, that's great news. That's not just good <laughs> news. So the deeply spiritual thought to get us going. But that's right, um, it's all perspective. It's, yeah, it's it's the same way with Bible engagement. There's good news and there's bad news. The good news and most of this uh research has done been done on Americans. But that you know in the last year 181 million Americans opened their Bible at some point. That's a lot of people. That's that's a really encouraging number. In fact, that's up about 12 million from the previous year. So, um you know to what do we attribute this? This is where it gets more subjective, but you know, certainly a lot of the authorities that we might trust in, whether there's governments or or even technology or science or the economy, a lot of those foundations have been shaken, and yes. people are looking to the word of God. There's there's um, so much good news in here. People were asking a couple of studies: um, Would America be better off or worse off without the Bible? And, you know, again, the good news there is that 71% of Americans believe America would be worse off without the Bible. That doesn't even mean they're personally engaged with it, but there's a a pretty positive view of that. Now there's 13% that go, no, get rid of it. It's destroying everything. That number's stayed pretty constant, but the number that view the Bible's influence on society as being positive has actually gone up over the last couple of years. So, so that's, that's really good news. Um, if, if we zoom in on churchgoers and, and look at, at church engagement, um, about 59% of Protestant churchgoers are, are engaged with the Bible. That is, you know, many of them every day. Um, a good number would say several times a week that's the good news. The bad news is, you know, that pretty much means four out of 10 would say, um, I look at it occasionally, you know, maybe a couple times a year, but but I rely on my input from God's word for what I receive when we gather together. And, you know, as in through COVID, that's taken many forms, whether whether your church has pivoted and gone totally virtual online, or, or whether you're you know, kind of halfway open, or or trending toward more open now. You know, still, if there's the dependence on somebody else to give the scriptures to you, mm-hmm. um, I just don't think that's that's healthy long term. Um, yeah, that's good. You, you know, I uh, I've I've dropped a bunch of pounds over the last few years and um, gained back my COVID nineteen, but I'm still fifty or sixty down from where I. Where I started, and my doctors helped me with that. I, I mean, I, I imagine if I came to my doctor and said, "Doc, um, I got a new idea. You know, I've tried lots of things. Here's my new plan. I'm going to go Sunday for Sunday brunch at a at a nice restaurant, and I'm just going to graze for like ninety minutes or two hours. But mm-hmm. then my promise to you is, then I'm not going to eat anything the rest of the week. But on Sunday. You don't leave me. If I want to pull up a chair to the buffet, dessert table, you don't get ticked at me about that. You know, my doctor would just look at me and go, you're out of your mind. You know, you'll you'll destroy yourself. And that's Mm. so easy to see physically. And yet when it comes to spiritually what we receive, it just seems perfectly reasonable to a lot of us of let's leave it to the trained professional. I'll get what I need for the week. You know, in an hour or two on Sunday morning, and then and then I'm good to go, and that's that's just not healthy physically, nor does it work very well spiritually. So that's kind of the lay of the land in terms of stats. Um, there there was some increase because of the pandemic. Um, you know, I I know I had big plans when my commute went away, living in suburban Atlanta. I'm like I'm going to take that time that I'm usually in the car. And I'm going to spend extra time every day with God's word. And, and mm-hmm. I did it for a while. Then I did it off and on. And then, you know, then my commute was walking downstairs and yeah. take the dog out. And while I'm outside with Chipper, I'm checking my phone and I'm catching up on emails and texts. And, and pretty soon, just a new pattern emerged. And I wasn't using that new time the way I'd hoped to. Yeah. Um, but there there's good news, but there's still a lot of concern about the level of Bible engagement not only in culture at large, but specifically among active churchgoers.
1: That's great. Now I want to zoom in on something because I had a conversation with Ben Mandrill first mm-hmm. week of November and, and we what came up was family discipleship. Now what you and I are talking about, um, a lot of what we're talking about is like the church leader, in leading the church, how we can help him lead the church. But I want to zoom in for a second, because we got a lot of traction of people talking about family discipleship. And a lot of our leaders even saying, I know I should family, I should disciple my family, but I was never discipled." So in, in terms of that idea, um, I, made a, I made a statement that said, if you, if you win at work and you lose at home, you still lose. Yeah, that's if you, right. If you win at church and ministry, but you lose at home, you still lose. So what would you say to our leaders who are listening that might help them lead well at home first when it comes to Bible engagement and how important it is? And maybe if you have a nugget or a creative idea that you've used even with your own family.
2: Sure. And the sad part is that's easier to talk about now that my kids are grown and they're adults and they're gone. Uh, I mean, this was a major struggle for us. During our active at home parenting years. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think if I could say anything, I, I would say trying to take what we do at church or in a formal academic situation that many of us had the, the opportunity to get some training and trying to then just simplify that and recast that into our parenting um, pretty much dooms us to failure every time. If we take an institutional, Traditional approach to teaching the Bible at home, um, you know. I mean, it's different if you're a home educator, obviously, but but all of us are supposed to be home educators and not delegate the responsibility for the spiritual development of our kids to a school or a church or or a, a youth ministry. So it it is our job, but the amount of guilt that the average church leader is carrying around about that. And, and, and because so often we live in defeat, then when we, when we try to motivate other people, we really feel like we're kind of talking a lie. So what I would say is, is start small and you know, it can, it can be something, you don't have to pull out the Greek and Hebrew scrolls and make (laughs) kids sit still for 45 minutes. It can be, it can be, what story are you telling at bedtime? When they're young, it's like how do you how do you direct the conversation at mealtime? In fact, do you ever even have mealtime together? Both of our kids were real active in sports, and that got tough through middle school and high school. But but making sure those conversations are are impacted and um, and shaped by Scripture, I honestly think. I mean, you shared my degrees that I've got and my role at Walk Through the Bible. I fully believe. That, that our kids learn more in terms of really their biblical worldview from my wife. And I call it the theology of the minivan, you know, mm-hmm. that, that just the, the conversations, the spontaneous moments. And, and that's how you get it off the page and into your life. Because, because what's prompting those conversations is I'm frustrated about this relationship or my boyfriend has turned out to be a real jerk or or you know so and so is so jealous of me that she started rumors about me and all of those things. Yes. You know, then we're looking at scripture and it's practical and that's that's God's intent. So the the advantage of all that is is huge. But the, I don't think there's a there's a silver bullet magic answer. We've got some some tools that can absolutely help moms and dads and they're, they're tested and they're on our, they're on our website. You can check those out, but how you use those is the issue. Because again, if class is in session and this will be on the midterm daughter, son, so you better cram hard, then it's just more, it's just more noise, but keeping it relationship
1: based is what I would say. That's great. We are coining a new phrase today, the theology of the minivan. That's right. That's going to be near you soon. But uh, (laughs) Phil, that's really where we are as well. Um, I I shared not too long ago that one of our favorite times of family devotion is actually as we're driving the kids to school. It's a 20 minute drive and we have a scripture that pops up on our phones every day and one of the kids reads it. And we literally talk word by word, go through the scripture and applications. And then the boys pray and and we pray over the boys before we drop them off. And strangely, that's become one of the richest moments for our family because we are completely isolated. There's nothing else going on. There's not a TV. We're just, so. Hey, let me transition here because there's a tsunami of cultural change that's happening. Um, Difficulties like we've never seen before for our local church leaders. Now, the, a passion for Bible engagement can help our leaders navigate these waters that they've never walked or uh, swum through before. So talk to our leaders about how Walk the Bible can help the local church leaders fulfill the Great Commission to make disciples.
2: Sure. And and before I get into that specifically, I I, I think the the hinge with our previous line of conversation with all the stats, and I'm the son of an actuary, okay? I've got I've got a stack of things I printed off that thick. And again, um, we can work with land and we can, we can make those best studies available. We can okay. post some links with y'all, but, um, you know, the, the question really is why does this matter? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, is, is this so that, you know, if, if you ask people, why did God give us the Bible? You get uh, one of the common answers. So we'll know what happened back then. Well, is there history in the Bible? Of course is it primarily a textbook on history no it's not it's it's so much more than that it's well so we'll pass the entrance test to heaven or no that would be heresy i don't believe that at least at least i won't embarrass myself on jeopardy you know if there's a this is one of my recurring nightmares is that i'll be on jeopardy there's a bible category i hit a daily double i go all in and i miss it and then I not only lose all that money, I maybe lose my job when I get That's back right. to the office. You're
1: the president to walk through the Bible, you should have. That known be
2: that would be terrible. I was on Wheel of Fortune years ago. That was a lot safer. Um, Jeopardy, you got to be too smart for Jeopardy. But, <laughs> but why does why does this matter? You know, and this is where some of the research beyond just the how are people engaging with Scripture. Why does it matter? And I think some of the most helpful work has been done. Um, by the Center for Bible Engagement, which is connected with Back to the Bible out in Lincoln, Nebraska. They they did just some great work that then has been ratified by Lifeway. Willow Creek um, did some good study. And what they found is the single greatest predictor of lasting life change in a believer's life is regular engagement with the scriptures. I mean, personal engagement, not just, so it's not a measurement of, how many services a week do you attend or, or how loyal are you to your Sunday school class or small group? Those things are important, but it's the personal engagement with Scripture. And, and again, I don't, I don't want to drown us in stats today, but um, what, what they found is that regular engagement with Scripture, in fact, there seemed to be a, a tipping point at like four times per week or more. Um, that that's really where the change uh, became consistent and even predictable. Um, they measured things like this with four times or more per week. We, we just do less bad things, hmm. self-destructive things, but also things that are not aligned with God's heart. Uh, drinking to excess dropped 62% among those who are regularly engaged with scripture. Por- use of pornography dropped 59%. Sex outside of marriage dropped 59%. Exploding in anger dropped 31%. Um, Overeating or misusing food, um, 20% drop there. But not only did the bad things decrease, the positive healthy behaviors increased. Uh, Giving financially to the church increases 416%. Maybe we ought to just focus a whole podcast on that one. You know, so. can, can you imagine as, as pastors going, if my people are engaged in scripture, it triggers their generosity. And it also increases giving to other groups outside the church. Um, sharing your faith with others went up 228%. And, you know, so it's, it's the bad things reduce, but the good behaviors, in, in fact, a lot of them aligned with the fruit of the spirit. Um, you know, people, because because it, it's not just what I do, it's it's how I think, it's it's what I believe. And um, people answered the question differently um, related to peace. I don't feel anxious because I know God is in control. With low Bible engagement, only 16% of the people agreed with that statement. With high Bible engagement, it was like 68%. So these things matter because the lasting life change, which really is a change, maybe we should have started with the beliefs first. Yes. Because behavior always follows belief. What we think determines what we do. And uh, you know, how closely does this align with, with 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17? Mm. That all scripture is given by inspiration of God, inspired by God. God breathed is the literal word. Um, Why? It's given to us. It's profitable. It's profitable for doctrine. Yes, that's what we believe. Reproof is correcting wrong beliefs. Doctrine is teaching positive beliefs. But it's also behavior um, for, for correction. That's stopping bad behavior. And training in righteousness, that's learning to do good things. And one of my favorite sermons used to be the four purposes of Scripture. I preached that sermon all over Illinois, and um, it, I was horrified one day when somebody showed me, you know, that's not the purpose of Scripture, those things. Mm-hmm. They're the means to an end. The end is in verse 17. That purpose statement, the man, the person of God may be complete. That That is well-rounded, more and more Christ-like in character, but also thoroughly equipped for every good work, and and that's the picture. That's why Bible engagement matters, because it's about life change, and again, study after study has, has taken away all doubt. This is the single greatest thing that we can do for the folks in our church, is get them into the Scripture consistently, but also in a meaningful way on their own.
1: Gosh, that is so good. I am just completely resonating with everything that you're you're saying. and we want to make sure that we drop some of these stats into the chat. some links we'll sure. get that because I guarantee you our audience is going to want to share those with their people in sermons or training sessions or whatever. and uh, and Phil I would even just something came to my mind because we want our pastors preaching the value and purpose of scripture as well. And if you had maybe maybe a very simple outline, of, of the purpose of scripture, you sure, know, I'll,
2: I'll see that. if we can pull something together
1: and we, would be we can link that followers. to you. It sure would now. Uh, so let me dig a little deeper here. Okay. Um, there was a comment you mentioned about scripture and we, and we keep talking about how important it is. And it's like the hinge that opens the door for spiritual maturity, for uh, handling the cultural crisis. Well, for everything that we're doing, it's like, it's so important, but why is it so hard why, are our, why do our people find it so difficult to stay engaged in Scripture, to read Scripture, to, <clears throat> to memorize Scripture? Because I'm speaking a lot of platforms, and I'm telling you, Phil, I am not hearing the greatest minds and the greatest voices in Christian life talk about the responsibility and the value of an individual's walk, personal time in prayer in, in reading the scripture on their own outside of preparing for a sermon. So do you have any thoughts about why this is just so difficult for people to grasp and to be consistent?
2: Yeah. You know, a lot of times the problem is accessibility. I mean, there's still a billion people worldwide who don't have any scripture in their language. Uh, praise God in our country. That's really not the pressing issue. I mean, there's, I read the other day, there's, there's four hundred versions of the Bible in English. That's mind-boggling. Okay. So we can't say it's accessibility. Um, it's also not lack of time though. That's oftentimes the most common excuse that we give. Um, I don't know. I don't know who said it. I'm thinking Max Lucado, but it might have been somebody else said. One of the reasons God gave us Facebook was so that we can never again stand before Him and tell Him we didn't have time to spend time in Scripture. Mm. Um, ouch! Oh. You know, so so it really is not the number of hours or minutes in a day. It really does come down to our to our motivation, and that's why even explaining the correlation between Bible engagement and and change in our lives. You know, who doesn't want to have a closer marriage? Well, there's a direct correlation with that. And, and husband and wife, are they in the word separately? Are they in the word together? There's a correlation. Um, you know, there was some really scary research years ago that said, um, there's no significant difference in the divorce rate between churchgoers and non-churchgoers. And it's like, oh, no, we're all wasting our time. And you, you get underneath that stat, and you really look at it. And what you find is there's a big difference. For those who are trying to build their life on the Word of God, there is significant difference in, in not only does a marriage endure, uh, but do we just have to endure it, or can we enjoy it? Big difference in all of that. So, so I don't, I don't think it's just time. One of the things, and this is a whole cluster of things. I don't know where to start. I'm overwhelmed. Um, it's, it's, it's too big a book. Is it, is it sixty six books or is it one book? I don't know. I don't know how it fits together. And to me, this is a big part of why God birthed Walk Through the Bible forty five years ago. And I, I tell our team around the world. We're we're in the middle of a three-year vision just in time for the pandemic to try to double from serving two million people a year to four million people a year. And we believe we'll see that doubling completed in in this third year, in spite of and kind of in some ways, maybe even because of of COVID. Right. But um y- you know to to see that that people delight when, when it all fits together, when you see the big picture. Um, you know, when I moved to Atlanta, it, it was from a smaller town. We had pastored in a town of 850 in Illinois. We didn't even have a stoplight, right? And came to Atlanta and somebody goes, Atlanta isn't hard. It's just this. That's 285, 75 and 85 come together. Then they split and here's I-20. And it's like for the first year, Ellen would go, are we lost? And I go, no, we're not lost. I know exactly where we are. All I, all I need is a is a red, white, and blue sign with three numbers on it. And we're not lost. Yeah. But But once you understand the big picture, then you want to go into the neighborhoods. Then you want to do some exploring and you're confident to do that. And that's really what in our OT Live and NT Live events, that's what we do. We don't, we don't scuba dive. We don't get into deep doctrine that so often can divide different parts of the body of Christ. Um, we go we go really water ski, not scuba diving. And and at the end of the day, that the average person who are there. And by the way, this works for adults. This works for teenagers. This works for elementary age kids. Elementary age kids actually learn it better and faster. Um, we think god is going to allow us to teach at least 1.3 million kids around the world this year probably 80 or 90% of those in public schools i dream of that opportunity in america but you know that kids learn it better than adults but in in the old testament to start with creation and then think and talk our way through 40 people and events until we get to christ And after just two and a half, three hours, literally everybody who's there can do that. And, you know, as one really well-known pastor, he won't let me quote him, uh, but his name would be very recognizable after after his event. He goes, you know what you just did today? And I said, no, sir. He goes, you just peeled the shrink wrap off of everybody's Bibles. Mm. It gives you the access. It gives you the confidence. It takes away the fear and confusion. So so that, I'm, no, I'm kind of bridging the gap between why don't we do it to how can walk through the Bible help. But that's what, I mean, I'd been to a Christian college and to seminary. And when I went to my first walk through the Old Testament, I went, why didn't they give us this on day one of orientation? It, it, it gives me the skeleton that then ever since then I've hung meat on that skeleton. You know, that's, I just don't think there's anything better than the big picture because it's in the big picture that God's heart is most clearly seen. And um, I've believed for a long time that the most loving thing I can do for anybody else is help them view God, view more accurate, help them view God more accurately Yeah. because our culture, the news media, even a lot of times um, churches, God, the picture of God gets twisted and we as Christ followers don't always represent him well, but if he's allowed to speak for himself, he's compelling. Um, One one of my first walk through the Old Testaments I taught was in Peoria, Illinois, and they always say if it'll play in Peoria, it'll play any place, and at the end of it, these two guys in their 20s came up to me, and one of them nudges his friend. and goes, tell Phil what you just told me, and He says, well, first you need to know I've literally never been in church in my life. This is the first time I'm like, oh man, come back. It doesn't usually last this long, I promise you. But he goes, no, no, no. And his friend goes, what'd you say? And he goes, when you got through from creation all the way to Christ, I turned to my friend and I said, no wonder you want a relationship with a God like that. Wow. That's like, that's the bullseye. Every time I teach, every time one of our men and women who teach for us go out, that's what we're after. Yeah, sure, you learn a lot of content. You learn the story, you even learn it chronologically. But more than anything else, it helps us view God more accurately. And all of a sudden then he's not this cosmic cop who's looking down from heaven trying to catch somebody having fun. He's a God who created us for a relationship. And you look at the effort he's gone through, all through even the Old Testament, you know that that confusing part of the book. You, you see a God who wants a relationship with his creation.
1: That is so good. Gosh, that that is one of those gold nuggets that uh, folks are going to take away uh, and remember for a long time. But it also segues into just a final idea here because we've got to walk through the Bible tour in January in Georgia. So the 13th will be in cartersville the 20th is going to be in warner robbins and then the 27th down in valdosta so give us just a just a quick preview of what the point is of that kind of a pastor preview of this because this is not a full meal deal they're coming to it's like a 10 to 2 we're serving lunch uh give us just a snapshot of that
2: it, it actually is they'll go through the entire ot live there that day um and and then we'll also, you know, talk about now how can you plug this in to your church? How can we best serve you? Because no matter how well we write our brochures or or our, our website's been redesigned and it's actually easy to navigate now. And we got some compelling videos. You can watch some of those on your own. When you taste and see it on your own, and and as a pastor or a church leader, that God stirs your heart and on average about 3 quarters of the people make a written commitment to spend daily time in the word and prayer and when you taste and see that yourself then it's like okay if if this helped me how much more will this benefit my people so um you know i i really hope we pack out those three pastor previews you're calling it the walk through the bible tour i think that's a that's an awesome name and um you know there's there, they can link to that through you. And um, also you, you can just go to walkthrough.org, through is spelled T-H-R-U, walkthrough.org, slash Bible events, um, and, and that's, or no, Bible experience, right? Bible experience. Thanks, yeah. um, that's the best way you can register there. There's QR codes and the whole deal. Yeah. And that's also the place to access that free ebook Um, you know, that's on the life of Mary chosen when God calls your name. I I just think whether you're a man or woman, Mary is one of the toughest assignments in all of scripture, what God asked her to do. And um, she's not just for women's Bible studies, right? Right. The Navy Seals can learn something from Mary and her toughness. So um, I, I just hope that that we'll see a ton of the men and women from from this broadcast and and then others that you can bring with you um, in that short period of time. We'll serve you a good meal, but you'll also you'll get to experience this on your own. And, and then we just figure out the details. But we have a plan that works for every church. When when I came to walk through the Bible full time years ago, we were locked out of about 80% of the churches in America because of our financial plans. And I thought that was not only dumb from a marketing point of view, I thought that was sin. And we as a ministry have repented of that. And there's now an accessible, affordable way for a church of every size to be able to host one of our events. And it's not just what happens that day. Um, You know, your discipleship catalyst, that's the way we view ourselves. We wanna be a catalyst, not feed people to death, but create a hunger to learn more. So we'd love to partner with, with all the churches here in Georgia and beyond.
1: That's great. And there will be a number of churches outside of Georgia because there are viewers from all over the world that join this as well. And friends, I know some of you are going to look at this and, and maybe you've never heard of Walk Through the Bible or you've heard of them, but you never advanced with them. And I would just say this to you, success favors the risk taker. I want to encourage you to come to this preview, to check out the website, because we don't put anything in front of you that we don't believe. And we really believe that this is something that can help you help your people take steps forward in becoming a world impacting disciple maker. And here's the bottom line. Sitting back and doing nothing cannot be an option. As a leader, we have got to do something to help our People. so Phil as we close our time here any any other thoughts any closing word that you may have for our audience
2: no I just would I just would repeat what I said earlier that Bible engagement the single greatest predictor of lasting life change so to think about you know as we look at discipleship what are you doing in your church when we've got people there that's a start. But how do we leverage that time? How do we make our assembled time a springboard to engagement on their own? And then how can we as walk through the Bible, how can we partner? We're we're not we're not parachurch. We're we're 100 pro-church. My background is pastoring, and we wanna be the pastor's best friend, whether you're a pastor of a megachurch with Forty people on your staff, or or you're a bivocational person who's like struggling to how do I get time to get my message together, or a solo pastor like I was, you're the group that our ministry exists to serve. And so please get get in touch with it. You can reach me yeah. if you just want to email me at phil at walkthrough.org, phil at walkthrough.org, that'll, that'll come straight to me, or um, I mean, this is, some would say this is nuts, but I don't think it's nuts. Here's my cell phone. I'd love to dialogue with, with any of you about this. My, my cell is 770-316-1951. I, I won't guarantee I'll answer it right then. I might be in the middle, but I will get back to you. And um, we exist as a ministry to serve the local church and especially to try to be the pastor's best friend. That's why God birthed us 45 years ago. And I think that calling is even more important today. So Scott, thank you for this opportunity to, to meet a lot of people. We probably couldn't reach otherwise.
1: That's great. Phil and accessibility is huge. Now, listen, friends, too many of our church members are raking rather than digging in the word. So why don't we let walk through the Bible, do the raking, put it into a pile and help us gain that passion and that ability to love and enjoy the richness of God's Mm. word. And I've said it before that too many churches, the only person who's being discipled is the pastor or that small group leader, the Sunday school teacher, because they're the ones who are digging in the word. And it's time we encourage our people to stop raking and start digging because when you rake, you get leaves. And when you dig, you get diamonds. And I pray you will model discipline of digging in the word to help your people experience the rich life-giving treasures that are found in the word of God, Phil total president CEO walk through the Bible. Thank you for being on with us today and for all that you do to serve the body of Christ well,
2: thank you, Scott. This has been an honor and a privilege. I appreciate it.
1: You bet Atlanta Melton. Thanks for producing. And I want to remind our listeners that the only way we're able to do this is because you give to the cooperative program pays uh, the way for all of this to happen. So thanks for your faithfulness in that. And my prayer for you is that this discussion with Phil Tuttle, with Walk Through the Bible, will equip you with a passion to dig in the Word and make world-impacting disciple-makers.
0: Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org slash discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple makers.